So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Swartz. Um, I'm here with a really uh, special guest today. He's a, he's a stud, um, personal trainer, amateur boxer, nonprofit leader, really just an all-around badass, guys. And the kick, real kicker with this is he's doing all this with type 1 diabetes. So he brings a really interesting perspective to uh, the world of training and fitness and wellness and how you can kind of manage all that on top of something that is a, that can affect your everyday life, such as type 1 diabetes. So, uh, Jonathan, how's it going, my man? Jake, good, man. Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm super pumped to get you on here, dude. I think um, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a little while. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who can really benefit from some of the stuff you do. But, dude, first off, you're a busy guy, man. So um, what, how about you just give a little bit of a background, I guess, in terms of, what all you kind of do, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into, into the depths of it a little bit here, but then just how you kind of get involved in the world of fitness and what you've been doing since uh, for the world of fitness. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I'm a, uh, a graduate from Georgia State University. I graduated in 2012. And um, my older brother, Brad, is he started up a personal training company here in Atlanta called ColoFit. And so I work here as a personal trainer full time. Um, and it's a, it's a good like family gym. And we got, we got clients from anywhere you can imagine, like 10 years old, all the way up to into the seventies. So it's a, it's a great little family business that I'm working here. And then, uh, yeah, also I'm a type one diabetic man. And it's like, it has the biggest impact on my life. It's what I deal with every single day from the moment I wake up till I go to bed. So I love to help out others who are also dealing with this disease because I know it definitely brings a lot of uh, a lot of ups and downs for sure. Oh man, I could only imagine. So yeah, so you say from the time you wake up to time to go to bed, like what, what are some of the things that um, that you have to deal with uh, from type one, from a type one diabetes standpoint that um, most people probably don't even fully realize or understand. First okay. of all, first of all, before we get into it, can you can you explain uh, to our audience like uh, what type one diabetes is like uh, and like a uh, you know from a um, a real um, surface level here? Yeah, so pretty much like your pancreas. Um, my pancreas is like pretty much like a dead organ inside my body. And your pancreas <laughs> yeah. is, it's, it's responsible for producing insulin. So like every time that you were to eat um, or drink something and your, your pancreas would produce insulin based on like what you're eating or what you're drinking or what you're doing throughout the day. But my pancreas is pretty much just like, it does nothing like it just sits mm -hmm. in my body and does nothing so i myself have to actually give myself injections mm -hmm. um in order to act as like my pancreas so i'll inject insulin inside my body to try and regulate my blood sugars 
Gotcha. And then when, when were you diagnosed with that? Because that's typically something that they're diagnosed pretty early on, right? Yeah, man. So I was actually diagnosed, I think it was at age 12 or 13. So like 2001, mm-hmm. I believe. Man, man. So then what, uh, how'd you, how'd you kind of know, like, man, something's wrong, something's not, or something's, uh, something's up here. <laughs> like, did you feel anything that, I mean, was there anything that you're like, man, I just don't feel good. Or was it just kind of like you kind of found on testing or, or with the physical or how, what was the diagnosis process like? Oh man, it was crazy. So I actually like was starting to lose my vision. Like your, your blood sugar is like plays a big responsible role in like your vision, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you, you typically want your blood sugar to be around 100. And when I got diagnosed, I think it was like up close to like a thousand. My sugar was so high and it was, it was like that for like two weeks. And I was, I was a kid, like I was a young kid and I lost like 15 or 20 pounds in like a two week period. And I just got to the point where I could hardly see the, like everything was just so blurry. Mm -hmm. And I I finally realized that my mom uh, got me into the doctor and right away they, they knew exactly what was going on based on all the symptoms. And, uh, Whew, yeah, that was the, that was a big changing point in my life. <laughs> yeah, dude, I bet. Yeah, it sounds sounds like it's pretty textbook there. Um, so then, okay, so you go to the doc, um, two thousand one. You you said you're twelve years old. Um, what next? Doc's like, yeah, man, type one diabetes. How does that change for you? Yeah, so, for you now? <laughs> so pretty much, he like when he explained to me. I mean, he was they're a straight shooter. The doctors in there, they're just like, look, uh, I mean, your life's gonna be very different from here on out. Like you're you're about to take on a pretty serious disease. And it's like, it comes down to the amount of like, you have to really, we're going to like crawl, walk, run with it. Like they ease me into it, but they're like, you got to learn how to count carbohydrates. You got to learn how to pay attention to your body, like what you're doing with your exercise, how much sleep you're getting. Like there's so much, so many factors that go into affecting your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And if I were to, like I had to learn, I've had since that day had to learn how to try and best like balance my blood sugar because if I were to go too high, it could bring like some serious complications as well as if I were to go too low, which has happened probably like nine or 10 times where I've actually blacked out and like passed out and had some close calls. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely something that, that I've had to, you know, it's, it's a battle. It's always trying to manage my blood sugar level, like with everything that I do. Right. Right. So then, um, so uh, Jonathan, you're, you're obviously a super fit dude as well. Like you, you can, um, it's, it's easy to tell that you are, um, you practice what you preach, um, on a daily basis. So how does, how, how have you managed, uh, like it was, um, getting that diagnosis. Now I know like your whole family is pretty much <laughs> in the fitness world and studs at that, but, um, was, was type one diet was getting that diagnosis. Was that like a real strong push for you to get it, to stay in the world of fitness or, um, what, what was kind of the motivation there? Oh, absolutely, man. And just knowing that, like, and my doctor told me early on, they're like, look, your, your health, like, as a diabetic is going to be, like, very, very important. So you're going to want to constantly, like, pay attention to it. And obviously, by staying active and focus on what you're eating and filling yourself up with good, like, good nutrients, you're going to be able to hopefully better manage your blood sugar. So yeah. I knew definitely from an early on, like, I knew that your health is like your wealth and it's really important. So yeah, diabetes definitely, uh, I would say, has helped impact that a good bit. 
Yeah, I bet. It sounds like it um, really kind of set the foundation for good habit development. Um, I think that's, that's, I mean, so type two diabetes is, is something that you get diagnosed with a little bit later on in life. Um, and there's a lot of different factors that can go into it, whether it's genetics or hereditary, but a lot of times it can also be uh, lifestyle induced as well. And uh, a lot of times there's a little bit of a struggle there because you're dealing with decades worth of bad decisions and bad habits that you try to have to beat. So, um, that type one diabetes is definitely on the other end of that spectrum where you learn, where you learn pretty early on in life, like how to manage that through good uh, diet and nutrition. Um, and, and, um, wellness and working out and physical activity and everything. So, um, dude, that's awesome. So you, so you go off to college, did you know, you wanted to be like, did you know you always wanted to go off and be an exercise science major and then graduate and get into the world of training? Um, so no, man, actually I, uh, so I went to college on a baseball scholarship and my goal, like my whole life is like, man, like, I mean, what kid doesn't like grow up wanting to like play sports. Right. 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 So, like going into it, I was like, man, I want to play baseball and I really want to like try and become a professional baseball player and this and that. Like that was always my, my lifetime goal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't in the deck of cards. It didn't work out like that, but I was lucky to, to play uh at georgia state university i played baseball and it was it was awesome but nice. i actually was a business major okay. and went in wanting to go the accounting route first so i was an accounting major um all the way through until the end yeah where i changed it and actually got a managerial science degree okay and then got right when i finished school i actually started studying personal training and learning like i was behind the curve not being an exercise science major sure and uh kind of like learning learning the way and uh actually got my personal training degree after graduating from college dude that's awesome or my personal training um certification right right so that's awesome so then did you so you graduated college did you graduate with an accounting degree then or with a business degree in accounting yeah it was a or no, sports. Science. That's so right. Managerial science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, do you feel like, th I mean, I think that's a badass combination. I think uh, having some business sense on top of um, some uh, like health and nutrition and personal training um, background as well. I think that those two work really well together. Have you feel like th that's kind of helped you out having that background of how to effectively run a personal training business on top of how to be an effective personal trainer, uh, kind of separating you apart from some of the other trainers in the area? Yeah, man, it's been a, it has been a huge helping hand just kind of learning all that in school. Definitely. Uh, I would say it's definitely helped out a good bit. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I think that, I think it comes, I think it's so handy to have uh, just a little bit of like real life sense in terms of, uh, or not real life sense, but a little bit of exposure to how to actually turn personal training into a business to where you can, you can support yourself. And then, because if you can support yourself, you can support, um, you, you better support other people, right? Like, um, everyone loves training or I mean, tr personal trainers love to train uh, and they would do it for free if they could. And a lot of times they do. And I think that's a, I think that's a really tough thing sometimes for trainers to, um, trainers and coaches alike to kind of get out of their, um, system <laughs> in terms of, you don't have to give away your, your skills and your knowledge for free. And, and, um, you, because you have to be able to make a good impact for yourself before you can make an impact on other people. Um, but so speaking of impact for people though, what, uh, what is kind of like your, do you have a niche in terms of how you train or who you train? Yeah. So like my biggest thing, man, is like, I just love to make like training like fun. Like I don't, yeah. I want to make it to where like your clients want to come back and actually like enjoy going, going to work out. Like, of course, some days you're going to go to the gym and just feel like you got your ass kicked. Like, Oh man, that was just a brutal workout. Yeah. But I want to make it like challenging, but like still like, fun at the same time um so i try to like based on the client and depending on like what their goals are then i'll kind of like come up with a program and come up with a plan for them but like i would say i incorporate 
definitely like weight training. I like like high intensity interval training. Like I like mixing in like some fun cardio. I love mixing in like boxing. Um, there's a number of different ways that I like to train. So I would say it's kind of like a hybrid approach. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then do you train, do you train uh, predominantly for uh, ColoFit then? Yes. Predominantly, definitely for ColoFit. Um, and I've been here since what, 2012 or 13. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, predominantly for ColoFit. And then I'll also do a good bit of stuff for diabetes strength. Um, okay. Yeah. What is, what is diabetes strength? Man, so diabetes strength, it is uh, like my ultimate goal with it is like an, it's like a gym for, for people battling diabetes. And uh, so I have like a website and then kind of push it on social media too on my diabetes strength Instagram page. But it's a, uh, I'd say it's like an, it's a, it's a gym for people with diabetes. So you can like kind of talk, you can talk to other diabetics, you can kind of pick each other's minds, you can share success stories, you can share failures so we can all kind of help each other out in managing our diabetes but also like figuring out the exercise part of it too yeah dude that's awesome so is this a is this a physical gym location or is it more like a virtual gym space it's more of a virtual gym space okay dude that's great what was what was kind of the what was kind of the inspiration for that obviously you grew up with type 1 diabetes but did you notice a lack in terms of like uh not having this there's not necessarily a common um, or a place that people can go and kind of talk about fitness and wellness as it relates to um, dealing with those things, like having training goals and fitness goals and wellness goals on top of having type 1 diabetes? Definitely, man. And like my whole life, like going, I would, as a diabetic, as a type 1 diabetic, we have to go to the doctor every three months and like get blood work done and all that. And my whole life, I would always kind of go to the doctor, but I would never, I've never really knew anyone else that was battling with type 1 diabetes because it's pretty rare. Yeah. So my whole like goal with diabetes strength was to to kind of be out there and be really open. Like, yeah, like I'm a type one diabetic, but I can still like go on and I can still hit my goals and I can still be really fit and stay really active. And this disease like isn't going to hold me back. So I would say like my biggest goal is to almost like help motivate people who are battling and like struggling with diabetes like I once was. Yeah, man, I hear you there. I think that's awesome. Has have you had a uh, pretty good response to that? Yeah, for sure. It's been a uh, man. It's been great, and I do like uh, this. The Zoom has been uh, very beneficial. We've been doing a lot of like, Zoom, um, yeah. <laughs> like group workouts, and people from like all over the world. Man, it's it's so cool. Like how you can kind of connect with people from all over, and we just kind of like, like it's been awesome to we all we all share this same disease together that definitely comes with a lot of highs and lows, but we also get to work out together and have fun and just like pick each other's mind. Like it's it's been great, man. Dude, that's gonna be super rewarding. Uh, all over the world, though. How? What's some of the places outside the U.S. of A. that you have some? Uh, they have some people in that um, in your diabetes strength program for. Oh man! So literally, like all over. So we've had people out in some of like the virtual workouts. People from like Tunisia. Um, people Thanks. from different parts of Europe, like South America. People from all over have actually like tuned into a couple of the workouts, which has been really cool and i just kind of like met all of them through instagram like type 1 diabetes like through the instagram and like it's a pretty uh it's a pretty cool community (laughs) yeah dude that's awesome so is this is this like a is this like a non-profit program that you have or is this like a a fundraising program or is it just like a a fun like um i hit it's like a side hustle that you do like what is this yeah so i would say it's definitely like kind of like a side hustle but any money that i've made from it uh, I put it all towards JDRF, which is Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 
Okay. So I haven't like myself profited from it, but it's just been like really like rich and fulfilling knowing that I've been able to help out other people who are really struggling with it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, the money has gone towards charity too, which is really cool. Okay. Okay. How did you choose the, uh, um, the, the JDRF, um, JDRF, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you, how, what's that? I said, yeah, JDRF. It's, yeah. Uh, how did you choose that organization? Yeah. Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And it's, uh, it's like the biggest, um, diabetes charity for type one diabetics. And it's definitely like, it was one of the biggest things that I always heard about growing up was like JDRF and they were putting on like different, like we would do like fundraising walks growing up and different mm -hmm. stuff. And I knew all the money was going towards the research to help make this disease like a lot better. So it just mm -hmm. feels good given to, given to them. They're, they're a really good charity trying to do good for us. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to link them in the show notes so people can, can check them out if they want to feel so inclined into um, donating or, or just seeing kind of what's out there from a research perspective and what's on the horizon for people with type one diabetes. Um, but dude, I gotta, I gotta ask you to tell me a story before the, before the show got started here about how you raised $7,500 for, uh, for diabetes research um, <laughs> through an amp through by getting your, essentially just getting punched a bunch of times. <laughs> um, so, so what was, what, what's that all about? <laughs> Yeah, so it's actually an event in Atlanta each year called Brawl for a Cause. Yeah. And, uh, like, anyone can sign up and apply for it. And what it is is it's actually a charity boxing match. And uh, okay. so, like, you, you, you're like, hey, like, I want to sign up. I want to fight in this boxing match. But then you have to find a charity that you're going to raise the money for. And, of course, me, I was like, I got to do type 1 diabetes. So <laughs> chose JDRF. And uh, it, it was awesome, man. So you, like, you – you start a fundraiser and it's really cool. Like when you tell people like, Hey, like I'm signing up to like, I'm going to get in here and brawl and I'm going to get punched in the face. People are like, heck yeah. Like I'll donate. <laughs> like This is awesome. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's really funny, but it was cool, man. So definitely spent a couple months raising this money and ended up raising 7,500 bucks and, uh, got in the <laughs> boxing ring at Mercedes Benz stadium, um, at this event, man, and fought, fought three rounds, like a, a really fun, an intense fight like taking, <laughs> taking some haymakers to the face did you win though that's the important question um i won there you go there you go <laughs> it, was, it was a grind but i won man i, uh, I knew I, I had to, i had to hold it hold my own for diabetes i couldn't get knocked out especially in front of friends and family you gotta you gotta show up and be ready that's true, man. There's, there's definitely some, uh, some extra motivation there when you know that people are there that you care about watching you and you don't really, I think it'd almost be worse if you got smoked and you just have to live with that from your family, just giving you a hard time for the rest of your life. Oh man. Could you imagine just getting clocked like that? Thankfully that didn't happen. I, uh, <laughs> I did everything I could to try and cover my face at all times. For sure. And, and you didn't have any boxing experience before this, right? Uh, none. So just trained for, a couple months. Um, as soon as I signed up for the fight and found out that I was getting accepted, I, I started training and, uh, yeah, man, it was a, uh, <laughs> it was quite the experience. Boxers, <laughs> I have a ton of respect for them. It's a, it's a grind. Dude, I bet. So then, um, you had to have taken some of that, some of those principles then and applied them to your training with your clients. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it has become my favorite way to train. Like my favorite sport, obviously like 
I don't like – it's not good to just take headshot after headshot. Like, you're going to take some blows ahead. So, but I love, like, the aspect of, like, doing mitt work with clients and just, like, mm -hmm. teaching them different combinations and different movement. And it's, like, some basic self-defense stuff that's good to learn. But yeah. also, uh, man, it's some, it's some killer cardio. It'll, it'll wear you out if you just box for, like, two minutes straight. You'll be, you'll be gassed. Oh, dude, for sure. I don't think um, – like, I, I don't think there's anything that will gas you out faster than, like – um, doing some form of box, boxing circuit, circuit training or like, uh, or grappling in particular, um, <laughs> like that stuff will, I don't care how fit you are. If you're, if you're not a, if you're not in wrestling shape or not in fighting fighter shape, so to speak, then like, uh, you, you're going to get smoked pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, man. And like, it was funny, like the first couple weeks that I started training boxing, I, I thought I was in really good shape. Like being a personal trainer for all these years, I was like, oh man, like I do cardio. I'm mm -hmm. fine. And uh, the first time I ever sparred, so, like, the first time I ever went in, like, it was, like, a spar, so, like, pretty much like a fight. And, uh, man, I, I went outside, and I was throwing up after. Like, I was <laughs> so gassed. Like, it was uh, – and it was, like, just a couple rounds, and I was – I was so tired. <laughs> I was yeah. like, golly, I got my work cut out for me. <laughs> and then how, how did you manage your diabetes with that then? Because that had to be a t an intensity level that you hadn't hit before. So did you have to – uh, make sure you're, you're like closely monitoring your insulin levels, like before and after an inner training or, or, or what, or what happened with that? Yeah. Very, very closely monitoring the levels, man, because if your blood sugar is out of whack, it, uh, it, it affects your reaction times and, and boxing and just sports in general. Like if your reactions are slow or just a little off, like it's, it can mess you up. You can end up getting hurt in the ring. So I was very yeah. conscious of what I was eating and kind of like making sure that I was just really prepared, like going into the ring with, with like, I always had to make sure that I didn't have too much insulin on board. So like when you give a shot, it'll typically take like a couple hours, a shot of insulin, mm -hmm. take a couple hours. to like fully get broken down and be used. So I had to make sure that I would not have any insulin on board before I got in the ring. Cause I didn't want to run the risk of a low blood sugar in there. That would have been, it happened once in practice and it, uh, it was not good. <laughs> so what happens if you, what happens if your blood sugar bottoms out? Uh, so you uh you kind of get like loopy and you need to you need to get some sugar into you really quick so like uh the the one time it happened in practice I, thankfully i wasn't sparring but i was doing drills i just kind of like blacked out yeah and uh just kind of like fainted and what happened was luckily i had some juice um nearby somehow i don't know what it was grace of god but i kind of like came back to it and realized like my sugar was super low mm -hmm. and i ran over grabbed the orange juice and just chugged it man and like had to get it in my system as fast as possible to help bring me up out of that really low blood sugar that's crazy so like if your blood sugar bottoms out you don't get any like forewarning necessarily it, it's it's just boom you're gone yeah so like normally you'll catch on to it but since i was boxing i just thought i was like tired i was like oh yeah. worn out like i feel weird but i'm just really worn out thinking that it was just a workout but sure enough it was my my blood sugar on top Oof. of the workout scary stuff <laughs> for sure man so then how long does it take you to recover? So you, so you get the orange juice. That's pretty quick, uh, simple sugar. You can get in there and get digested pretty quickly. Um, how, how long does it take you to kind of like regulate a little bit there? Probably like 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. And uh, it'll, it'll help bring you back. And that's like the scariest thing about type 1 diabetes, where you always hear about people running into issues is if their blood sugar goes like too low and there's no one around them to help them and they don't yeah. catch on to it like soon enough. And like, because you'll pretty much pass out and, uh, Thankfully, every time it's happened to me, I've had someone nearby 
yeah. to where they've kind of like known my situation and were able to get some juice into me or some form of sugar. But if you don't have that, I mean, it can, it can lead to death and it has yeah. for a lot of people. So you have to be really aware of the low blood sugars as a type one. Dude, for sure. I think, uh, um, there's, there's a, we had a guy who's a type one diabetic in my physical therapy program. And, um, it was, it was, it was, he was a year older than us and their finals were a little bit before us. And like, um, I don't know if he was just been like, you know, cramming for studying, staying up all night or, or, or just forgot about uh, his insulin or, or what happened, but he, uh, his, his blood sugar bottomed out. And, um, it was like, it was, it was, it was wild, man. Seeing all the professors running around because trying to try cause they knew he was type one, but then like nobody had anything prepared or anything like that. Right. Yeah, um, trying to go around and find someone with some juice somewhere to try to get them some real quick sugar um, to try to try to bring them back out. It was a scary time, but um, they, they, oh, they got him back and he was good. And he, and he aced the exam. So, <laughs> hey, let's go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're, hey, you're a couple minutes, man. You're back to life. You're ready to roll. He, he was ready to rock, man. And then he, who knows? He could have played that sympathy card, too. And he could have got some uh, a little extra got a little extra leeway on some of his questions. But no, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't do that. What a, what a good right? guy. I don't know. Maybe I need, I need just a couple more of uh, need a couple more hours to study for this. I'm kind of feeling kind of loopy right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Teacher, I'll be back tomorrow, man. Let me. Right. <laughs> oh, that's um, dude, that's awesome. So, okay. So you, you do a lot of your training at Cola Fit. What would be like an ideal client for you? So if there's a, if there's a uh, listener out here who's like, man, this Jonathan guy sounds super dope. Sounds like someone I'd want to train with. Um, how would they know if they're a good fit for you? Yeah, man, I would say, honestly, I've worked with people from like all over the board. It doesn't really, doesn't matter any age, guy, girl, doesn't matter. I would just say like someone who's just coming in and like looking, you want to find a way to like enjoy exercise. I feel like I can help you get there. Like I really feel like I'm, uh, I love just making people like, you know, like feel good about themselves and feel like they're making strides. And uh, I would say if you're, you're anyone who just wants to get started on exercise, you've always like hated exercise in the past. Or you've never really found a way to enjoy it um come come give it a shot and i i think uh we can find a way to help you enjoy it and help you uh help you go go chase after those goals and we'll hit them together dude i love it how how can people get a hold of you so yeah so i mean i guess does anyone leave their number on here or do you more so like email social media um, tag i mean no one really leaves a number i guess if you want to you, you can but yeah i mean like um is, is there an instagram handle or um an yeah. email or what's the what's the what's the best way uh virtually yeah. we'll leave your personal number personal for right now <laughs> yeah that's probably good I, I think twice about that. so uh definitely the uh the instagram so j i'm gonna just spell it out so j sure. k o l o w i c h okay one so Jay Kolowich one, um, my name's Jonathan Kolowich and so Jay Kolowich one on Instagram and also, um, Colofit, K-O-L-O-F-I-T, Colofit. You can look us up, um, Google us. That's kind of, that's Brad's gym. That's like our family gym and, uh, definitely reach out. We'd, we'd love to help you. Awesome, man. Dude, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Um, <laughs> you, you've been, uh, a super, um, inf inf um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Informative. Thank you. Been super informative on, uh, on how to manage like type one diabetes and, and, and just kind of like what you do for the surrounding area of Atlanta for, um, trying to, trying to fight the good fight there. So really appreciate your time, man. And, uh, you have a good evening. Jake, thanks so much for having me, man. That was fun. And, uh, look, look forward to being in touch too, man. I love what you guys are doing up there at athletes potential. Oh man. I appreciate that. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.